0: What does it mean to step into the life God has created specifically for you? How do you lean into the immeasurably more that only He offers? How do God's dreams become your own? My name is Susan McPherson, and I am so glad you joined me and some of my friends as we discover how to live a life of meaning and purpose with Jesus at the center. I like to call it living the God girl life. Welcome to the conversation. Hey there, God Girls. I'm so glad you're joining me here on Living the God Girl Life. I am excited to introduce you to my guest today, but before I do that, I just want to make sure I encourage you to join our Facebook group page. It's called God Girl Nation Community. If you haven't done so already, please join us there. We are up to, I believe, 245 members. It's so exciting. Uh, We just started that group page a couple months ago, and it's really, really growing. And it's so much fun to uh, be connected with so many of you and would love for you to join us if you haven't. Um, We have loads of encouragement, lots of content on Mondays uh, at 10 a.m. Central Time. I post a video devotional based off of our God Girl Nation handbook that you can download for free on our website at godgirlnation.com. We have 44 scripture verses. I think it's 44. I'm not exactly sure that's the right number, but it's somewhere around that number, 44 scripture verses um, that we studied to help us create the four foundational principles for this ministry, which are God calls us to engage in his word, God calls us to serve God calls us to community, and God calls us to build a legacy. So every Monday, I'll touch on one of those Bible verses on a five-minute devotional video, and you can follow along through the God Girl Nation handbook. Um, There's some reflection questions in there. And you can journal in there as well. And it's really designed to help you really hone in on who God is calling you to be and how He is calling you to serve Him with contagious joy. So I highly encourage you to check that out. Uh, Also, um, please follow us on Instagram at GodGirlNation. We uh, like to really connect with a lot of you on social media and um, that's always a lot of fun. And also if there are any topics that you would like us to teach on. Every Thursday night, we do a video teaching. One one of our team members will do that. Let us know if there's something you'd like us to cover. Uh, but there's plenty of that content on the God Girl, Nation group page right now. And if you have any interest in doing a video teaching, that is something we would consider. Just reach out to us on the God Girl, Nation Facebook group page. Let us know. Um, and we will look through those requests and um, choose those that we're interested in sharing with everyone and contact you for more information if we uh, want to post that. So, um, we want to get everyone involved as much as we can and we love your feedback as well. So, uh, just, um, keep communicating with us on that group page. We love it. Uh, so I'm excited for you to meet, my friend Savannah Locke. We actually are working on a big project together uh, through David C. Cook. It's a book project that releases in the spring. I can't say much more than that, but it's really exciting. And I was thrilled that Savannah Locke accepted my invitation for her to write a chapter of this book project. It's beautiful. I will tell you this much. It is about women In the Bible, and Savannah did a chapter on one of the women from the Bible, and it's beautiful. Uh, You'll be really um, excited to learn more about that project. Savannah is an amazing talent. She's a songwriter, a singer, she writes poetry, and an author, as I said. She's a beautiful writer. I highly recommend that you follow her on Instagram. She's a lot of fun to follow. She's so inspiring and she's also very witty. So I love seeing her posts and I get a kick out of a lot of stuff she posts and some of the funny things that she does, but she's also very thoughtful and kind and authentic And um, a lot of things that uh, I can relate to and a lot of us sisters in Christ can relate to that really touch my heart. And she loves Jesus, which is, um, of course, the best part about her. So uh, without further ado, I want to introduce you to my friend, Savannah Locke. Hi, Savannah. I am so glad to have you on my podcast. This is such a thrill to have you here. I'm so excited too, Susan. (laughs) I feel like we connected from the first day that we met. I agree. I agree. And I'll tell you, um, just to tell our listeners, Savannah and I met over a project that we're doing here at David C. Cook, and we're um, also... Uh, partnering with Integrity Music, which is part of our company, and Compassion International, which is an amazing organization. And so we got to meet over this project that um, Savannah was so kind to write for. And we met at a historical place here in Nashville called the Art House, which is super cool to be in. And um, I think we just kind of clicked. Yes, I feel the same way. Well, you have the same name as my mom. Have I told oh, you? Yes, you did tell me that. So anytime I hear Susan, I'm like on the (laughs) lookout. There you go. There you go. Well, this is what I remember about meeting you right from the get-go. We were talking to our friend, Andrew from Integrity, his young girls, and they were just connecting with you in such a way that, and you were connecting with them, really. It was the coolest thing I've ever seen. And it just warmed my heart and just your genuineness and kindness and how, you know, you just kind of walked into the conversation at their level. It was just really, it really impressed me and warmed my heart. So I knew I really liked this girl.
1: <laughs> well, and I knew Andy's daughter, Sadie, because she started this fundraiser. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it was the Cartwheels for Africa. So it was to raise money for the water. Oh, Okay. And I was the first person to donate to that. And so I always wanted to meet her because she like sent me this thank you card and whatever. And she was younger at that point too, because this has been three or four years. Right. So I was super excited to get to meet her in real life and be able Uh, to her.
0: Yeah. So that's that's really cool. cool. Well, you two just connected and it was really genuine and authentic. And I could just see she was just thrilled that Mm -hmm. you you were connecting with her at that level. So well done, my friend. (laughs) Well, I want to get to know more about you. We haven't gotten to spend a ton of time together, so I'm dying to hear about your faith journey. So if you want to start there and just share that with us, we'd be so grateful. The Easiest question ever.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. So I grew up, my grandparents were actually pastors of a church in Boston and my mom led worship, Susan led worship. Susan. And my dad was like the church accountant. And so it was like this whole big family shindig. And I had uncles that like helped with youth pastoring and stuff like that. So I was definitely like a pastor's kid. Um, And so that was in Boston. And when I was 10 or 11, the church actually had the split. And when it split, we ended up moving down to Nashville, Tennessee, which is where I am now. And in that moment, like we kind of like started fresh and went to a new church. And it was the first time in my life that I had not been like a pastor's family and like a ministry family. And of course, I didn't have the language to put around it when I was that young, but How old were you at this time? I was 11 when we moved here. 11, okay. Yeah. So when you're part of this like ministry family, it's so in your identity to Mm -hmm. be connected to your family equals being connected to God, equals being connected to church. So like family, church, and God were all synonymous to me. And it was really hard to untangle those things for me when I was going into middle and high school. And so for me, I think when I was in like my upper part of high school. So my junior and senior year, that's when I really started thinking through like, what is my faith and who is Jesus? And what do oh, I man. actually think about all of this stuff? <laughs> Which is common to happen at that point is probably in our brains too, right? Where right, like, I agree, absolutely. actually start critically thinking through a lot of this stuff. Right. And so, yeah, when I was a senior in high school, I actually listened to this sermon from a guy who was like a pastor in Texas and someone sent it to me. And I was going through a breakup, which I, my heart was so broken. I know. And I Those listened the to the sermon as the result. And in that moment, I don't know, it just all clicked for me. It was like this thing that I didn't understand to be real was real all of a sudden. Mm. And instead of being something that I read about or knew about, or that my parents taught me about, or that they believed in, I now It was just a bizarre thing that I all of a sudden like realized. And now like I would put language around that, like in like the book of Acts or in some of the gospels, it talks about like being filled and then refilled with the Holy spirit. It felt like that for me, where all of a sudden I just filled up and I knew that it was real. And, um, of course I went to like, I I stayed up all night that night reading all four of the gospels. I had never done that. Yes. It was wild. I was a maniac. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was just this very like spiritual encounter. And I went to school the next day and I remember telling my friends, like, I think this stuff is real. I think this is like a For real the first time. I, I really do think it's real. <laughs> yes. And this is, this is a thing. And, and Jesus is real. And it was just like, I was saying the stuff that I had known intellectually my whole life, but it never really resonated with me as an individual as being true. So anyways, flash forward, I went to college. I got my degree in theology. I actually got a double major in theology and art, but, um, the theology piece was really helpful. And then also it provoked me in a lot of ways where it it prompted me to ask a lot of questions, like beyond just like, Jesus is real. Yes. But like (laughs) actually asking deeper questions around like, like, what do I think through? Like, I know my like mom thinks this, or I know my grandparents taught me that, but I don't really see that in the Bible. Is that okay for me to like disagree with this upbringing that I had? And what would it look like for me to start critically thinking through that for myself? And so that was sort of my experience in college. And then after college, I had a massive faith crisis when I realized that, you know, the God that I was taught growing up, that they believe in the same God, obviously, like, it's not like, it's a different one but that there yeah. were some portions of that 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 weren't true and that you know were more influenced by other things and so that deconstruction piece was like massive faith crisis mm-hmm. and yeah i mean literally through god's grace he like was so kind and gentle with me through those years and having me ask all kinds of questions and just letting him teach me that like the answers aren't the point as much as like knowing him is the point Mm -hmm. and understanding and loving and loving God is the point. So to me, that's like kind of what my journey has been like over
0: the last 25 years. (laughs) That is fascinating. So where did you go to college then? I went to Belmont and you were at Belmont. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Oh, that is fascinating. I, I feel, um, it's interesting that you're talking about that deconstruction and and all Mm -hmm. of that. I, had just, um, I've, I had watched a video about someone who experienced something very similar, different, but similar. And it's, it's super cool to hear how all those questions and that God is open to all that and wants to teach you. And so that is incredible. What a great yeah, story. God isn't driven by his ego. Like I think so Amen. many times God is going to react like
1: an egomaniac. Yes. And be like, don't question me. Don't ask me this. Don't whatever. Right. But actually, in the same way that you would be excited if like your kids or your husband asked you questions, you would be excited because it shows curiosity that God is actually excited about us saying like, hey, I actually don't get this. And I don't feel like this lines up. And right. can you explain this to me? So yeah, I think there's like a weird part of us that sometimes thinks that God is gonna be upset with us or spite us for asking questions when it's the opposite
0: that's true. It's the opposite. And he wants a genuine faith. Yes. And how can how can we have a genuine faith if we're not honest with God? Exactly. So, yeah. I love that. That's outstanding. So um so being here in Nashville then, you got involved in music. Tell me all about your music career and how Ooh. that that yeah.
1: yeah. I made an EP, which was typical of anyone at Belmont at the time. What's so it? Belmont University is like very much so a music school. So no matter right. what degree you're in, you're there because like you also do music on the side. So I created this EP with a couple of my friends because I was leading worship at the time I was writing songs and I was just like, I'm going to do this for fun. My family has no background in the music industry. I literally had no idea that Christian music was as big of a thing. It is the industry (laughs) that I was completely ignorant to. So when I released it the next day, I went to work at a coffee shop called the well. And when I went to the bathroom for my break, I looked on my phone and it was on the top 10 Christian charts on iTunes. And I was like, how did this get there? And so I went out and I told my friend who was a barista, I said, Adam, did you see that this is like number eight out of 10 on the Christian charts on iTunes? He was like, that's pretty cool. I was like, yeah. I wonder like how many people, (laughs) I was so confused. That is hilarious. (laughs) Like the most bizarre thing I know, literally. So when that happened, I mean, the next day I got like all of these calls from like, like record label people and A&R people. And I didn't know what any of those people did or meant or anything. And so I just started like going to meetings, even though I had no clue what was happening. So I was going in. And of course, the way that it's prompted to you is like, Hey, just come in. We just want to get to know you more. But what's actually happening is that they want to see what your vision is for your music career and whether or not you (laughs) have what it takes. Right. So I walk into these
0: meetings. I told Andy the story the other day. Did you? <laughs> he was at Capitol at the time. Okay. Walk- a- Andy is our friend from Integrity Music. Yeah. Just FYI. His
1: daughter is Sadie,
0: who yes. I to. Yes, okay. exactly.
1: <laughs> so I walk in, Susan, to this meeting with, I believe Andy was there, and a couple of other people. They're so nice. I had just gone to Sonic and gotten a blue nerd slushy, and my mouth was dyed completely blue for this meeting.
0: You are kidding me.
1: My teeth were blue. My mouth was blue. And I was just so lost and confused. <laughs> like, oh I shuddered I shuddered what that meeting was like. <laughs> they were probably like, this girl needs to go find herself. So all of that to say, I was like completely confused. So I ended up doing like a showcase and... I Exit in and I did like as well as 19 year old me was going to do <laughs> and it went fine. I had a friend open up for me and a bunch of record label people were there and whatever. But honestly, after that, like everything sort of fell apart where I had all of this attention on me from managers and agents and, you know, whatever. And you think like, oh, this is all headed in this direction. Like I'm going to be Carrie Jo. That's right. what was in. Mind. I, that would be in my mind for sure. This is. I'm. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it. <laughs> yeah, it. I totally like. I'm gonna make this thing that I didn't even know right. existed. It wasn't even really my intent. But then you get in there and you're like, oh, this is there. And everything just sort of like fell apart. And my friend used this visual the other day when she was talking about something she had said to her therapist. And it was a visual that struck to be so true about that season of my life that I think will resonate with a lot of people, but you know, like when you go to like Portugal or like even England and you're walking through the streets and there are like street performers that people will kind of gather around. And if they don't keep your attention, then you just slowly start seeing the crowd like trickle away. Oh yes. That's what that felt like where I had this thing and everyone was like a magnet to it and because i didn't know what to do i wasn't trained or equipped i had no knowledge that i couldn't keep their attention and it felt like everyone just started like you know trickling away that so had that to was, feel terrible uh i cried like every day basically uh, i bet i bet yes. it was so hard and like Aww. especially cuz so many people like were everyone was saying the same thing. Like Savannah, you're so gifted at this Mm -hmm. and this is the direction that your life is going to head in. And this is the path that you're going to take. And it felt like all of this momentum was headed in this direction and then came to a full, a full stop. And it was really, really disappointing and crushing. Um, and I'm not even going to put like a silver lining to it. Like it just was hard. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. um, after that, I sort of ended up like saying, like, I'm, I, I said, I'm never doing that again. Like it was so, it was such a painful experience mm-hmm. that, you know, people were like release another EP, just like get grind it out, go play shows. But it was so like hurtful. Cause I didn't have like a capacity at that point to really understand like the machine that I was in. Right. And you were 19, right? I was
0: 19, 19 years old. I was uh, a baby. Y- you were a and baby. Yes. So
1: I just thought like, I'm not I'm not going to do it again. And so that was when I sort of like wrote the whole thing off, which was not, I'm not saying that's a healthy coping mechanism, but that's what I did. <laughs> um, and then a couple of years ago, so it was like five or six years later, something just struck me. And I thought, I want to release more music. And so me at this point, I was married. So I've been married to my husband now for almost five years. And, uh, and you're just, such a cute couple, by the
0: way, <laughs> uh, He's just a little angel. Check her out Um, on Instagram guys. She's fun to follow.
1: (laughs) Yeah. He, yeah. Truly Todd is like my, my little rock, but, um, he, he was like, let's do it. He just, he was so supportive. And so we found this friend of mine who is a producer and we released like a series of five singles in Susan. Same thing happened, not in the identical way, but I released this song. I go to work at a doctor's office. I'm a manager of a doctor's office. And, um, no, this is on a Friday morning before I go to work, a friend of mine texts and says, congratulations on new music Friday. And I said, what is new music Friday? I had no (laughs) idea that people tried to get on Spotify playlists. Like I did not know anything. And I had been put on new music Friday for one of my songs, like, which is like this massive playlist. And I thought, wow, like, this is kind of crazy. And it prompted like this thing in me where I was like, I wonder if the whole thing is going to happen again. Like, I wonder if people are going to ask to, you know, to see if I would want to join on their record label or to make a record with them or do worship or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't know, while I was trying to decipher whether or not I even wanted that, the truth is, is that no one even asked. So after I had like that, like big, like blip on the radar where people would text and be like, this is crazy. That song's going to blow up, whatever. No one like prompted like, Hey, would you want to come in and whatever. But I think at that point, like I had been in therapy for so long and done so much healing that I had like a better gauge of who I was. So it felt less crippling. Yes. But it was, I'm not going to lie. It was also disappointing.
0: I'm sure it was. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to sure be wrong about everything, Susan. So I love that was my music career. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wild free, <I'm>, <laughs> And and people don't realize it, with careers like music or where you're the commodity, yes. it's, it's personal. I mean, it's hard not to take it personal because you are. Are really the product, right? Yes. And so I, I appreciate your honesty because that—that's exactly how I would imagine it. Just being heartbreaking and, um, and just you know your expectations and being nineteen to have all that attention. And I can tell you for sure, if that were me at that age, I would have been the same way. I, I my parents wouldn't have known what to do. I wouldn't have known what to do. Susan, so- nobody. A meeting with me.
1: I was nineteen That's and walked
0: crazy. into the head of Capital
1: CMG's like office and had no idea. No one went to a meeting. Oh my gosh! Talk about vulnerable. Did Andy <laughs> mention the blue mount? No. <laughs> I, I tried to prompt his memory and he didn't remember it. So I wonder if he wasn't the one in that meeting.
0: Maybe not. Maybe not. Yes, but
1: all of that to say, like, yes, with in terms of like music, but even no matter what, like, your listeners, for example, are dreaming of. Right. If it's creative, like, I think like the grit that is developed is so good because what you have to realize is that, like, while an industry might see you as the product and while consumers might see you as the product, you are not what you create. Exactly. Yes. And I so just there got that goosebumps separation there. Yeah, no. I mean, and talk about all the pain that it's taken for me to get to that point, but yes. like, I am not the music that I put out. I am not the books that I write. I'm not the words that I, even in this business that I have, I'm not the business that I create. Like I am loved, cherished by God, period, full
0: stop. And then I'm free to create, you know? Exactly. Oh my gosh. That is the shift in thinking. That's the shift that is essential for each and every one of us. The same for me, you know, I am not my work. I am a child of God here to help his message get brought to the world. And the same with you. And yes, that is such a great shift in thinking because the industry will make you think that it's all you, you're the commodity, you're the product, you're this, you're that when you know, you can't, your identity is not in that. So. And it can't
1: be because then it cripples you from even being able to create stuff with meaning
0: Exactly.
1: like, and instead, like for me, the way that I now see things. And even with like, when that song got on the playlist and whatever, there was that tinge of disappointment. But then like, for me, I had already been doing the work to realize like what I'm doing, I'm creating this as a gift to the world. So no one, I'm not begging people to love me. I'm not begging people to choose me. I'm giving this as a gift and whoever wants to receive it can.
0: There you go. You know?
1: So it's that huge like mental shift that obviously you wish you could go to your 18 year old self and say, Savannah, it's a gift what you're giving to the world. You don't need them to like love you. You don't need them to choose you because God does.
0: Exactly. And then it
1: frees you up to actually to create stuff that's meaningful and purposeful. And not vying for approval from anyone. Cause right? no one likes, no one likes that part of themselves anyways. Like you're never really proud of something that you've created that yes. you're just begging for someone to love, you know, exactly. that's exactly. to me, that's when you start getting in like, like into imitation, you know, where you're just imitating things that you know, will be well-received, but no one feels excited about that when they're creating it.
0: It's so true. Oh my gosh, Savannah, you are wise beyond your years. I'm telling you, this is so important for everyone to really let it soak in. Because I even think about, you know, when you're serving others, you know, you have to think that way too. You know, it can't, it's just got to be that gift with no expectation, just that gift to free you up to do what God's calling you to do. And if you're a creative person, just free up so that you can create what you feel led to create. Oh my gosh. I, I keep getting goosebumps <laughs> with this conversation. Oh, this yes, is, this I know awesome.
1: <laughs> I, I know that. And I don't know who, like the primary age range of your audience. Do you know?
0: Um, you... you know what? It's kind of mixed actually. So um, I can't really tell you um, exactly, but. But with people, I guess this really would stretch across any age though. Is that like for
1: you to remember that like, Christine Knuckles actually has talked about this to me before, but she's talked about it in her podcast that the visual God gave her was for this bullseye. So you're, you always need to aim for the center of the bullseye. So you don't need to worry about what's on the outside. So the center of the bullseye is you like hitting, like connecting with God and connecting with other people. So when you are like loving God and loving other people, like that's your purpose and exactly. that's where you're going to find meaning. And that's where you're really going to grow and like reach that fruition that you're searching for. And then there are other things on the outside rings of those bullseye that are important. So like career and music and writing and accounting and whatever, it's all important, right. but you can't be aiming for those things because then you're going to miss the center.
0: Oh my gosh. I am just covered in goosebumps. This is <laughs> just profound. I, yeah. I this message is outstanding. And I do think it, it spans the ages Yes, because it is never too late to live like that. Yes. It is never too late for those of us closer to my age and older, um, but for all of us to realize that, that's beautiful, beautiful. Yeah,
1: I see when she shared that on a podcast and then later with me, mm-hmm. I remember it just resonating so deeply because it affects every area of your life. Where you just yeah. have to like every once in a while be like, okay, hey, where am I aiming right now? And if it's not in the center, then you just need to kind of recalibrate.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. I, I needed to hear that today. Oh good. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you, Savannah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I was just before we hopped on, I was telling Savannah how beautiful her writing is for the project that we're working on together. And you're also very funny. I I mentioned Instagram before, but you've got this like brilliant wit when you write. There was something you did um, that I just, I remember reading it, sitting on my couch, laughing my head off. And it was, I think it was The Office in 2020 or it was like a, an office script that was so funny. So I, I highly recommend you checking her out. And check that one out on Instagram. Was it like a script for now? Like if it were a reunion,
1: I literally just made up what an office episode would be if the coronavirus was happening and however
0: it's hysterical, everyone check it out. Um, but you're writing for, um, the project that we're working on together. Um, one of our editors just was blown away. Um, he's like, who is Savannah Locke? Her writing is beautiful. And, um, he had not read any of your writing before. So tell me a little bit about your writing and, and what your, your heart is for writing and you do poetry and you write songs and just, you're just so talented. Oh Oh my gosh, (laughs) I I need
1: this pep talk too. So whatever is blessing you, I think I needed the pep talk as well. Um, (laughs) so with writing, so after all of that music stuff had happened, I also was going through sort of like a personal crisis where I was abused when I was a young girl and I had completely like taken it out of my memory. And so I sort of readdressed it as an adult and started going to therapy to talk about it. Mm. So when that started happening, my therapist recommended that I would get a journal and start writing out after our sessions everything that I was feeling just as like a form of healing. And when I started writing that, I started sharing some of those things on my blog, which Susan, they were so vulnerable. I was like, I could not believe I said that stuff in public. So I'm super proud of myself, but I like legitimately like can't believe I ever said all of that stuff out loud. But I would start doing it and people were resonating with it. Mm. And it was sort of this moment where it hit me. It was a very healing thing, especially coming off of the music stuff, not working out. It was healing to know that I had a gift with words and it didn't mean that I had to be like a worship leader or whatever, but that I could actually write. It was the first time it had ever struck me that I was potentially a good or gifted writer. So I sort of used that as like a therapeutic Modality for a while, and then I grew on a lot of maturity in that, and realized like every thought that I have doesn't need to be shared unfiltered. <laughs> no shame for my previous self, but uh, I definitely grew in that and realized that that what I have, like I said, is a gift, and I want to make sure that it's not like self serving. Although there is obviously a piece of it that's gratifying, but that it's actually serving other people. So now, I mean, I've been writing ever since. It's been eight years now that I've been writing and I've been doing it in different forms. So like I had a blog for a while and then I moved to Facebook and then now Instagram, I would say is like my primary place that I write. And my goal with it is just to, well, my number one value in the world is authenticity. So my goal is to be authentic and to kind of cut through the noise of a lot of what we see on social media, because have you ever noticed, Susan, that so many people are like, oh, I'm having a bad day, but they like still look beautiful. And you're yes. like, hey, no, that's not a bad
0: day. That's bad not day a bad day. <laughs> when you're in the fetal position crying. Exactly. <laughs> like, yes. yes. It, it actually drives me crazy when I say that. Hey, like, okay, like, let's cut through
1: this for a second. Right. So to me, like I, especially now that I'm married and I'm responsible to someone else, I'm not going to like air out necessarily all of my dirty laundry that anything that strictly is about me is pretty much not off limits on my Instagram anymore. So I will basically like make it a goal to be completely authentic on my social media platforms across the board and to be as vulnerable as possible to sort of cut through that bizarre weird social media culture that we
0: live in. It's so refreshing Savannah. I mean, you bless me and I'm quite a bit older than you are, <laughs> but I, <laughs> yeah authenticity is what makes you so such a powerful voice. Mm -hmm. And I just am so grateful for it for sure. Thanks so much.
1: And I'm like really thankful that you also, I haven't been able to put words around what that is that I was talking about earlier where people are like, Oh, this is like a really hard day or whatever, but it's like still tidied up. I yes. want better language around that. But that to me is such a hindrance
0: to being able to actually say like, no, this is hard. Exactly. Exactly. I agree 100%. I, I know there are times when I'm on social media and and this is kind of cliche to say now, but I mean, I kind of walk away down, you know, mm-hmm. like, if that's a bad day for her, I mean, what is wrong with me? You know, so these authentic voices are so needed. And um, I'm I'm so glad that you're willing to do that and and put yourself out there. And, and you do it a lot of times you do it in such a way that just makes me laugh. And it just Mm. makes me happy. And I know, Many, many others are blessed by that. So I'm so grateful, and I, I encourage everyone to look at your blog posts too. Um, they're excellent. I there was one that I had made a note. I just wanted to bring up, and you had talked about. Um, we have that same conversation in our head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Called it rumination. Talk a little bit about that because I struggle with that every single day. In what way? Like with ruminating? With that ruminating, like I'll walk away. And I think you say this in your post. I'll walk away from a conversation that was important to me. And then I'll just start, I said the dumbest thing, or I did not, my, I I did not communicate well, or I just beat myself up Mm -hmm. constantly. Yeah. And then you had some great ways to kind of overcome that. So do you mind just touching on that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I'm going to try to remember what I said cuz I can't, but I will talk about the rumination piece. Mm-hmm. Um because so rumination is sort of a form of shame because what it will do is in a conversation if you say something that felt vulnerable to you or maybe you didn't communicate exactly the way you, that you wanted to, like your internal critic will come in and say that wasn't perfect right. and then it will shame you for whatever you did and then the way that your brain tries to cope with it is getting on a hamster wheel and shame tries to convince you that if you go through the scenario enough times in your brain, like you can somehow change what happened. And I don't know why that is. I don't either, but that's exactly the feeling. Yeah. So it will just get you like a a visual that my friend shared with me uh, a couple of years ago. He said, he was like, Savannah, you literally jump into a laundry machine and you just let your brain go round and round and round. And he said, step out of the laundry machine. You don't oh have gosh. to let this happen. <laughs> yes. And for me, I know that when, you know, even after conversations like this that are vulnerable, my tendency is to shut the computer and immediately analyze, how did I do did I communicate everything perfectly? Did I say something I shouldn't have, whatever. But at the end of the day, that's not living in freedom and it's not living in vulnerability.
0: Oh it's my like, gosh. So true.
1: It's okay. If I've written words or if I've said things in interviews that aren't perfect because I'm not perfect. Right. right. And so I think like the remedy for shame, what Brene Brown would say is like always vulnerability. So it's connecting with other people, but it's also like remembering and reminding yourself, I, Savannah Locke, and you, Susan McPherson, you are not a perfect person and nobody is expecting you to be. And if they're expecting you to be, then they're projecting their own perfectionism onto you. Yes. It's actually okay to make mistakes. It's okay to have a conversation where you totally like flubbered around. And if you need to, then you can call and say, Hey, I'm so sorry. I said this. I didn't mean it. You know, this is where I was coming from. I'm sorry that I hurt you. That's totally appropriate. But to be like ruminating in your brain over and over thinking you're
0: going to change something, it's not helpful. It's not helpful. Oh my gosh, you nailed it. You nailed it. It's tough though, isn't it? (laughs) It is so tough. I really, but what you just said really resonates with me. And I'm sure many, many women, especially, I mean, my husband does not get it. He does not do that at all. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know if it's a male female thing or it's just personality, but He's like, "Would you stop?" he He really does not get it. so i I appreciate you speaking to that because that um, really speaks to me, and I'm sure it speaks to many. Yeah, and the
1: laundry machine thing can be helpful. like if you want to kind of have a visual to keep in mind, if you notice yourself going like through the thoughts one million times, just envision mm-hmm. yourself in the laundry machine and just say, "I can open this up and I can step out." Oh, I'm that, not in remember that. Which reminds me of, like, honestly, Paul's words when he talks about, like, taking every thought captive. Like, that reminder of, oh, I'm actually not a captive to my thoughts. I can actually take my own thoughts captive. And I can, like, I'm not a victim to my life, but I actually have power to, like, change things about my life. Oh, my God. And just be really helpful to, like, reframe that instead exactly. of feeling like you're, like, perpetually in a never ending laundry machine.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've just. I'm just a mess. Um, (laughs) You are just speaking truth like I have never heard. It's just. Can I ask you a question? Yes. What what do you find yourself ruminating
1: about most often?
0: I really beat myself up over conversation. So I'll tell you a little story. Okay. So I reached out to someone who is kind of become somewhat famous Mm -hmm. um, because of a story he told that really touched my heart. And I wanted to just offer prayer or to try to help his organization. And um, I hit send on my email, Savannah, he called me 10 minutes later. Okay. Okay. And, and so I was a little starstruck to be honest. And so I was just rambling and, um, and, but I, I felt like it went okay. But after I hung up, I'm like, Oh my gosh, did it go okay? And and yeah. he was gonna connect me with someone within his ministry. And um, and I, I hate to say the word starstruck. I don't mean it like that. I was just so stunned. Oh, you that, I've been starstruck
1: before. Yeah. yeah, do
0: you know what I mean when I say that? You know, I don't I don't want to think I'm idolizing anyone, but it was just just someone I just truly and deeply admire. And um, so he said he's gonna connect me with someone within his ministry, so we could potentially help out and and pray for them and but I haven't heard from him. So uh, again, so this has just been since Sunday, which today is Thursday everyone. I love you so much. It's so funny though. I my mind every day I'm like checking my email. Oh my gosh, I have did I mess up on my conversation? Did I say the wrong thing? So that's just a one example of it. how my brain works. <laughs> so Susan, that's how
1: everyone's brains works though. And yeah. with, you had no lead time. He called you and you didn't have any lead time exactly. to prepare. Exactly.
0: Like, yes. Oh, you should have sent me an email first. Can I call you? <laughs> I would have had my notes, you know? No, yeah. but yeah. So that's an example. But what you say, uh, visualization is really effective for me. Um, it, it just works so well for me. And so that um, washing machine... Analogy is just a great tool, uh, so thank you for that. And I'm sure others feel the same way. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna start putting that. I'm gonna get, start stepping out of the washer with that email chain. I know
1: email. I get <laughs> it. I totally get it. And with those situations too, like you're thinking about that conversation with him way more than he's thinking about that conversation with you. He's not thinking about it at all. He's not. <laughs> yes. And that's so many of our conversations with people we admire or heroes right. of ours or our bosses or whatever, that so many times we're thinking about these in ways that they're likely not thinking of it, exactly. but it's so hard to remember that.
0: It <laughs> is. <know>? It <laughs> is. <laughs> okay. Now you mentioned to me before we hopped on here that you have a new business. Yes. So I'm dying to hear about that. I told you not to tell me anything until we hit the record button. So, well,
1: it's wouldn't... definitely not what you're expecting. I will say that. Okay.
0: <laughs> um,
1: okay. So for the last three years, I managed a holistic doctor's office. And in that time period, I realized that I was super administrative. And I think you would probably resonate with that too. But like, I turned in my work on time. I turn in probably earlier than most people. When you sign a contract, I'm sending it back. And I'm very, very creative, but I'm also highly administrative. So I would say for most of my life, I kind of operated out of that creativity. But then this job gave me this opportunity to realize, oh, I'm super good at organizing and developing and being strategic, whatever. So at the beginning of this year, I just felt like God said like, Hey, start your own business. And I thought, okay, my dad started his own business. So it wasn't like a foreign idea to me. Okay. And I've always loved the idea of owning something. Um, so I prayed about it a lot and Todd and I would go on walks and I would just think, you know, what do I want to do? What it could be anything. It could be like a cupcake shop or like developing my own line of like wallpaper or whatever. Like I went through all of it. Okay. And one day, you know, the coffee shop that I mentioned where I was peeing and I saw the the well, yes. The guy that owns that or started the coffee shop, his name is Rob touchstone. He and I ran into each other and I reached out to him as a result afterwards. And I just said, Hey Rob, like you're an entrepreneur. Can you help me like start a business? But I don't know what I want to do. (laughs) I had no plan. And I was hoping that he would like ask me to be his like assistant just so I could shadow him for a while.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, But instead he said, Hey, I actually have this really great opportunity that a friend of mine, they, he is in Michigan and he has launched this like 25 businesses across the country doing real estate media that is A certified B Corporation. So the editors of all the media are survivors of human trafficking. So there's like this redemptive supply chain piece. And he said they're just looking for people who are eager to learn and who are self starters. And I thought, that's totally me. That's like, I'm definitely eager to learn in a self starter. (laughs) And so I had a ton of meetings with these people, took a lot of personality tests that they had me take. And um, it was just a really compatible thing. So I, ended up launching that in July.
0: And And tell me exactly what it is. So is it you? you I do do. real estate
1: media. So photography, videography, 3D models, all drone. I have my uh, remote pilot's license through the FAA to fly a drone. Do you?
0: Oh my gosh. So I I was in real estate years ago. Susan, you were? Yes. So you are, I'm I'm telling you, that is the key. I'm not in real estate anymore, but I know I, I still have friends in it. And that media piece is essential. Never- yes. So yeah, you're exactly right. Because
1: yeah, it just, and especially with like a market, like what it is right now, it's just so wild and competitive that you sort of have to have like really great media to promote and market those houses. So I have been doing that since July 1st and it's going super, super well. And also extremely difficult. I did not know how hard owning your own business was until, until I started. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't know, I, the way that I view life and kind of what's changed in my perception of God because of that faith crisis I talked about in my twenties is realizing that my job in life is to collaborate with God. So the word used in the, like, the New Testament is co-labor, but obviously it's the same like, word, collaborate, co-labor. So my role is to collaborate with God and what God's doing in the world. And I think so many times I grew up thinking there was one option for me and I had to be one thing. And my goal in life was to find the one door that God had open for me. Mm -hmm. But my mindset shifted so much when I realized like God actually gives us options and that we are allowed to choose, like we're not robots, like we're allowed to choose things and like most things aren't a prison sentence. So like you can actually choose something. And if you decide, Hey, like this isn't the right choice, I can go to something else and you can kind of like make these choices and grow in the process. So when this business opportunity popped up, of course, like it's so bizarre because it's like. Nothing I ever thought that I would be doing. Like <laughs> I thought my next step would be writing right. professionally. It does have and, a creative
0: bent to it, though, right? Oh, it totally does. Yeah, yeah. I
1: love it. And That's you go to client houses all the time, I which know. is so nice. It's so. Fun. But like for me, realizing that, like, hey, like this is a chapter in my story. So I actually get to choose this. I get to learn how to build a business, develop amazing skills. And help a ton of people along the way, not just like agents in my area, but actually helping like men and women who have survived human trafficking and now have jobs because of what I'm like able to do here. So for me, like realizing like this is not the direction I thought I was headed in, but like God is with me here and Mm -hmm. God's going to bring something good out of it. And I can trust that, you know, in the Bible, it talks about how if you ask your father for a gift, he's not going to give you a scorpion. There you go. And so for me realizing like, okay, this is the direction I felt prompted in. It's not what I thought, but I'm trusting it's not a scorpion. So Mm -hmm. I'm just going to like go and I'm going to keep on
0: growing. That's excellent. I love that it has that ministry piece too, which sets you apart. So Mm -hmm. any real estate agents out there in the Nashville area, please. What is the name of the company Savannah and how can they connect with you if interested? Yeah, it's called next door photos next door. Frodo's. So pretty easy okay. to
1: remember. And yeah, if you go on the website, like my numbers on there, my cell phone and everything. So yeah, if you ever needed help or whatever, please reach out. I would love that. But yeah, it's been going super
0: well. I'm actually in the process of hiring someone. I'm going to be a boss. That <laughs> is awesome. That means it's going really well. That was my next question. Cause I was going to ask, are you doing all of it? But now it's growing enough and real estate right now is on fire. It's on fire. I love that you know about this. Yes, so, it yes. is. <laughs> right now.
1: Yep. And so I feel bad for agents big time. They're doing a lot of work, but yeah. So I'm in the process of hiring someone, which means that a little bit going to be lifted off of my plate, and I just get to, you know, kind of stick in the growth and development piece.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, now we're going to shift into something fun. Okay. Uh, I always like to ask just a couple fun questions to learn a little bit more about you. Um so we're going to I'm just going to fire away and uh okay. and I'll start with this one. What is your favorite movie? Are you a movie person? I love movies I and I love
1: it. television shows.
0: I do too. I think you and I are kindred spirits. Like born <laughs> in different eras, we are just yeah, it's like how can I even pick cuz I love so many of them. I know.
1: Okay. I will say this is, it's hard to define favorite because there's so many different categories, but I am going to see You've Got Mail at the drive-in theater on Saturday. Are you? And I have to say that is one of my favorite movies of all time. I love that movie. Yes. It is so just like lighthearted, happy, romantic. I love that
0: movie. I do too. You know what else is really cool about that movie? I, I love the scenery. Yes. I, I just love seeing New York and I'm a big Nancy Myers fan. I don't know if you, all her movies, which father of the bride, um, yeah, the holiday. I love them a lot. I watch them over and over because I love the scenery and I love houses and I love all of that. So you've got mail is right in that category too. And then that scene in father of the
1: bride, I was thinking about this the other day, the opening scene or no, not the opening scene, because that's the after the reception, but one of the scenes where Steve Martin is driving down his street and it's all the beautiful big green trees. Yes. In the, in the, yes. It is so stunning. So yes, I agree that that is a standout in her movies. I love that. Okay. So what is your favorite morning beverage? Okay. I drink decaf coffee in the morning with this oat milk, uh, sweetener, not sweetener, but like a creamer okay. that has pumpkin in it.
0: Oh, I so need I drink to check
1: really that out. Yeah. It's called nut pod. So okay. there's an oat milk nut pod with pumpkin, um, spice in it. And it is so good. Okay,
0: because I'm drinking the thick creamer, you know, the pumpkin spice. Yes. And I keep thinking, I need a healthy alternative. Yeah, the dairy
1: piece can really mess some people up. It definitely does with me. So the oat okay. milk is really creamy and super good.
0: You can get it at Sprouts, Kroger, all of it. Okay, I'm in. I'm in. Yes. Thank you for that tip. Yes. Okay, so what is your favorite either hymn or worship song?
1: Oh, gosh, this is a good question. All right, I'm gonna divide this into two categories. I will say that modern worship song, something that has stuck out to me, is the song that the blessing that Carrie Joe. I
0: love that. Yes.
1: I I was surprised by it. Like it it just felt very like prophetic and it resonated with me for whatever reason. So that one will take me out. Mm
0: -hmm. That that took me out several (laughs) times when I listened to it. Like crying, like incessant. (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay. And then there is this other song. It didn't come out that long ago, but it feels like a separate category, but it was from Elevation had this worship record, um, called heaven on earth or heaven as it is on, on earth or whatever. Okay. Okay. Matt Rock sings this song called the King is Among Us. Okay. And it is so creative and beautiful and the bridge, it just hurts me. Like it literally slayed me. I just could not handle it. So he uses a vocoder in it too, which was just really, really creative and outside the box for a worship song. So those are the two that stuck out to me.
0: Okay. And what is a vocoder?
1: Okay. So if you've ever heard the song Ghost Stories from Coldplay, that whole song is with a vocoder. So it takes like you record into this thing called a vocoder and it actually like divides your voice into like intervals. And that's how it how it sounds.
0: Super cool. Okay, mm-hmm. I che- I wrote that down. I want to check yes. that song out for sure. Mm-hmm. Um okay, so, who has been the most influential person in your life? <laughs> okay,
1: I'm so sorry that I keep doing caveats. This is the theologian in me in school, clearly wrong. Okay. No. in two categories. Number one is my therapist. Her name is Sherry. She has literally transformed and changed my life. And I have been going to her for eight years and to think about the ways that she has impacted me. It's just innumerable. I couldn't mm-hmm. even to it. So that's number one, number two, which would be more like theologically, which is equally as transformative, obviously is a guy named Greg Boyd. I don't know if you've ever heard of him before.
0: I have.
1: Okay. Yes. I love him. <laughs> he graduated from, uh, Princeton, I believe, or Yale, and he's older now. And then he started a church up in Minneapolis and he just has this whole idea called like cruciform theology, which basically means like in very short terms that God looks like Jesus. And that was revolutionary for me. Like I didn't ever realize that like Jesus was the full reflection of God. It sounds so simple when you say it, but it does,
0: but you don't think of it that way. Do you?
1: No, because like we said earlier, like we think God is going to spite us for questions or whatever. And then meanwhile, Jesus is like asking questions 24 seven and receiving them so that I can actually trust that Jesus as reflected in the gospels is what God looks like and how God is towards me. So I would say those two two people, Greg Boyd and then my therapist. (laughs)
0: Excellent. Excellent. The last question I have is who is your favorite God girl? So it could be someone, you know, it could be. Um, someone you don't know that you've kind of admired. Yeah. I mean, literally, Beth Moore slays. She I it. Her.
1: I love her too. Her Twitter rants? Oh my God. <laughs> I just love her. I feel like she would make biscuits for both of us. Yes, she and would. In her living room. And then we would go out and we would meet her donkey. And we would just enjoy being
0: there. So Beth Moore is like my queen right now. She is a mighty, mighty woman of God. And I, she is the tiniest little thing I've ever seen. (laughs) She, uh, I sat under a teaching with her at a Lifeway conference here in Nashville. I was, the word is slayed. That's the perfect word. Afterwards. I'm like, sweating. And I I mean, I was just so slayed by her. I, she, it just stuck. It was like, she was just tossing these amazing nuggets to me and they were just sticking to my heart. And I, she I'm with you. She bless her because she has just, um, she has brought God's word to life for millions. She really has. And I just love how she, what
1: she has taught me so much too, because like being a woman in this world, like in like the kind of like the Christian writing music world, it just, it comes with its own set of challenges. It's not like a victim thing or whatever. It's just a unique situation to be in. Right. And what she has taught me is to continue owning who you are, what you think, and being confident that like in Psalms or Proverbs, when it says that your gifts will make room for you, like for her, she's not interested in pleasing everyone. She's interested in like sharing what God is teaching her. And she trusts that like, no matter what systems are in play or structures, that God's going to make room for those gifts because like what we said, like she's impacted us so much and she's impacted so many other people. Mm -hmm. So that's what she's taught me is like, not to be too concerned with like, you know, whether or not people think I'm allowed to like write about the Bible or whether I'm allowed to teach or whether I'm allowed to do this. She's like, I'm just going to do it and trust that God is going to bring the right people here.
0: We all, everyone needs to hear that. We really need to embrace that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We really do. And it goes back to that, like kind of that self-talk and that self-doubt and just trust in God with the call that he has on your life. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. Santa, she has done such a good job. She does. And I'm just, this has been such a blessing to me, really. I just think you are just an incredible person and such a genuine follower of Jesus. And I know that um, you're blessing our listeners with uh sharing all that you are. So thank you so much. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's it's just great to even know you. I'm so yeah. so blessed by that. <laughs> Thanks, Savannah. Oh my gosh, that was so much fun. I just love Savannah. Please do yourself a favor and follow her on Instagram. She's funny and inspirational. It's a great combination. Do it. You can also check her out at her website at savannalock.com and you can listen to some of her music and just learn a little bit more about her. And uh, I highly recommend it. She's great. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I'm always inspired to know that you're out there listening and you're joining our Facebook group page. We really are in this together, girls. Let's lock arms and serve God with contagious joy. Uh, We look forward to connecting with you uh, on social media. And I just thank you for listening. Tell your friends, invite your God girl friends to join us in the group. And let's just keep the momentum going. Thanks so much again. And remember, in our homes, in our community, and in our world, we are living the God girl life. Have a wonderful week. Blessings to you all.